Welcome to the Tom the Trainer Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Wooland. This podcast is for frustrated men and women who think they've tried everything to lose body fat and aren't willing to give up on their fitness goals. I'm going to give you clear, actionable steps to cut through all the bullshit in the industry, focus on what actually works, and dominate every aspect of your life. Now let's get into today's episode. Today's episode is super cool. It's actually a replay of an interview where I hopped on a friend's podcast. His name is David London, and he runs the Instagram page, The Athletic Physio. And we hopped on his podcast back in 2020 and did an interview right around the time that I was opening my in-person private personal training studio that offers a hybrid training model of online coaching and in-person training to get my in-person clients even better results than what the conventional model of personal training offers um, compared to say what I used to do when I was working in the corporate field. The main topic of today's episode is about um, smart exercise selections and execution to get more than just like physical change take place from your workouts, but also improve, improve, pardon me, your mobility as well as like reduce pain from the things that we have when we have like tight hips, tight shoulders and, and those kinds of things. So it's about taking bodybuilding exercises, having a very specific execution on those exercises to use those exercises as a means of like active loaded stretching, which gets far better results for overall mobility than just passive stretching does. So there was a lot of things that we talked about in the episode, but that is the main topic of the episode. And I hope you enjoy. I'm your host, David London. Today I'm with my boy, Tom, the trainer fitness, AKA Tom Moulin. He's a fitness expert. He's a personal trainer. He's an online coach. Helping, you know, helping, you know, people online lose body fat, but also at the same time, he has an awesome approach to, you know, actually, we're going to be talking about smarter exercise selection to improve mobility and transform your body. We're going to help you, you know, get to your fitness goals while also having a smarter approach so you can also, you know, be pain free and have good mobility. So I'm really happy to have you here. I know we chatted a few times in the past, you know, feel free to tell the audience a bit more about who you are. And, you know, maybe a little bit about how you got started in the fitness industry. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, man. Um, so, yeah, as you mentioned, I, I'm Tom Moulin. Um, on Instagram is where I'm most present at Tom the Trainer Fitness. Um, uh, I, I'm pretty diverse in what I do, uh, but generally people come into my world to start to lose body fat. Um, and ideally, it's to lose upwards of 20 pounds of body fat sometimes more depending on the client, but uh, lose 20 pounds of body fat, 90 days without giving up your favorite foods on weekends. Cause I use a like uh, calorie cycling approach that includes regular refeed days to keep your metabolism running high, but also like ease the mental anguish of dieting long-term. Um, I personally do carb cycling in my own personal approach, but that's very complex. So I've created a, a much more simple, simple and sustainable approach for my clients. Um, because I think obviously we know when it comes to losing body fat, the biggest barrier is always just compliance with our diet. It's hard to look at foods that we love and say, I can't eat that. Um, but it's a lot, it's a much different statement when you say, I can't eat that right now, but I'm going to have, I don't know, pizza on Friday or whatever, right? Yeah, and I, and I really like the quote you started about, and I'm really about, you know, motivational speeches and all that kind of motivation, because sometimes too, like, you just need that reminder, like, it's just one day at a time. And for myself personally, like, it was, let's say, it was, it was Thursday night, and I had an upper body workout plan, but I was absolutely, like, absolutely slammed. I was, you know, just sitting on the couch and I actually messaged my coach and I'm like, yo, I don't think I can do this. But then I, you know, then I, and I ended up getting there and having PRs and all my lifts. And what I did was, and I always do when I'm struggling to remember, you know, to even whether it's motivation or that I just need to, you know, do what I can every day, do my best towards my goals is I, I listen to, you know, uh, I have a gym motivational speech podcast. I'm sorry. I'm playlist on Spotify and I listened to that as I walked to the gym and that gets me so pumped up too. I find like I don't even listen to music anymore. I'm just listening to these like speeches and they get me going. It's awesome that you said that man because like I literally listen to podcasts 
or like educational stuff when I train, right? Uh, I, I prefer to train alone and I'm always like learning something because like motivational stuff like that's really just like mental um, education or I'm listening to business podcasts or podcasts on training or whatever. So it's kind of cool that we're of that like same mindset mm-hmm. when we train. It's like when I'm training, I'm developing more than just my muscles. You know what I mean? I'm developing. I mean, I'm developing the most important muscle when I'm training as well. So it's that's neat. Yeah, the mind is so underestimated, like, just like you said, like, you know, allowing yourself to be like, okay, I'm going to have this on Thursday instead, because it really is, it's not just going to the gym, but we have to coach our clients, you know, in terms of mindset and, and you know, building a stronger, you know, um, understanding of their goals and just, and I find when you listen to things, whether it be this podcast or any of the content we put out there, but we're, you know, we're educating people and giving them little things they can remember when they feel like they need motivation to do mobility or to stick to, you know, to their training program. And I like how you also, you know, throw a few memes in there to help make things fun for, for people. Cause really it's true. Like, like the, I, I listen to some motivational speeches over and over and over again. And it's so ingrained in me. I'll be like doing reps of like weighted pull-ups, absolutely dying. And I'll have like Etsy, the hip hop preacher in my ear. And then he'll just be like, and I'll just kind of, I've known it so much. I'll be like, I'll be like reciting it, you know, like when you sing your favorite song. So a little bit of a tangent, but yeah, I find like that stuff is so underestimated in terms of helping our clients with developing the right mindset strategies. Yeah, I think it's huge as well. Um, I, I know you asked to just try to c- cover a little bit of like how I got into. Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. What I do. So, um, so man, like I, I grew up uh, with a really like unhealthy lifestyle. Um, actually, I grew up in an environment that was unhealthy in a lot of ways. Um, just, you know, what we were talking about of like Mm. mental development and stuff, um, at a young age, like I was really like overweight. Um, I sucked at all sports, man. Like I was the, like the last person that you would look to when I was like 11 or 12 years old and be like, that's going to be a jacked fit guy who teaches people how to exercise one day. That's just not what you would have thought. Right. Uh, in and around like 12 and 13, I started lifting, just fell in love with it. Um, and as like a young man in my teenage years, I literally used to just always say that I I wanted to be a personal trainer, right? Like everybody asks, like, what do you want to do? Right. And my answer was always like, I want to be a personal trainer, but I'll probably do something else. And it was because I didn't think that like, you could be like successful in life, like financially and be comfortable in that role because i'm going to age myself like we didn't even have internet or anything back then right like i'm in my in my my late 30s here right so um so i never i never really went for it um but kept physical activity really present in my life my throughout the entirety of my life till 2007 2007 i had a really bad back injury which is why i look at like mobility and correctional work with my clients because i know how how much of an impact it has that obviously put what I could do on the shelf for a long time. Long story short, um, I suffered with it for a long time. Um, in 2016, I became a personal trainer because I was working in the restaurant industry. And, uh, one of the managers had said that like, there was a good life fitness opening up and he knew like my management skill set because I'd been in management roles in the past and said apply to be the fitness manager. I got hired. I got hired to do that. Um, decided I didn't want to like manage trainers and teach trainers how to be like professionals, and just got into personal training itself and just saw like massive instant success. Like um, my first full time month of being a personal trainer, I was I was first in the entire country with Good Life Fitness for client gain, and then like just instantly implemented myself as one of the top performers across the entire country. Right. And then um, got into like online coaching. It kind of just fell into my lap. The the girl that I was seeing at the time, she went to high school with a guy who had a really big online presence, J-Max Fitness. I signed up for one of his courses and then just kind of like never looked back. And then fast forward a couple of years, um, I just recently opened up my own private PT studio in the city of Peterborough where I live. 
that offers a hybrid approach. Cause I looked at like the way things were kind of going and I realized, and, and I don't know how much time you spent like in person with clients. I assume some, cause usually if you're a coach, uh-huh. you spent training clients in person, but I realized after like a couple of years that my in-person clients got results, but my online clients got better results than my in-person clients when it came to like seeing physical change. And it, and it was chalked up to the layers of support that I offer. So I looked at it and I was like, okay, well, like the in-person training model, in my opinion, is broken. I'm going to fix it with this personal training studio that offers a hybrid approach that offers time with me in person where I can really focus on movement quality with people in real time because I'm extremely attentive in person Um, and obviously online as well. I think that's important in our role is like pay attention. Uh, And then I, and I joined the two together to create this like brand new, like idea of this, like hybrid online coaching with in-person sessions. And that's kind of like a quick summary of just kind of like my path uh, to get where I am today. Yeah. First off, thanks for sharing that. It's really, for those of you who aren't familiar with Good Life, it, to be one of the top trainers is a huge accomplishment, especially they have over 330 locations across Canada. So that's a huge, you know, huge milestone, you know, really lucky to be able to, to, to kind of learn from you today and have you on the show. And, you know, it's great that you, you stuck to what you've always wanted to do. And it also kind of fell in your lap at the same time, because it's true, like, especially you being so attentive to your clients and focusing on, you know, finding the, this hybrid system, the best strategy, to, you know, to deliver, you know, the results, it shows that you're really doing what you love. So I definitely, definitely appreciate that. And it's cool that, you know, you are doing the hybrid, actually, because, you know, I recently... I, I worked in the gym and I taught yoga in person. And I trained clients and I found when they came in, they really just wanted, you know, to work out with me once or twice a week, but I had trouble getting them to do things on their own. I'd always be like, um, you know, I'd give them homework and exercises to do, but I felt like it's uh, a little bit too hands-on. Like maybe it was just the clients I was working with, but they really only wanted to work out with the trainer and that's fine. But like long-term we want to empower our clients to, you know, take care of their own health and their own fitness. So I found like my online clients were a bit more committed because, you know, we could do Zoom sessions. They could send me form analysis. We could kind of text throughout the week to kind of see how they were doing. And recently I started, you know, training people in person again. And I found I've naturally actually fallen into the hybrid approach like you talked about. Like I'm so not used to just not hearing from my clients. Like, so like I, I have someone I, you know, just like you, I, I'm kind of like the days I don't see them, I'm like, all right, let's, you know, do this and this. And how are these things going? And I find it's a it's a good approach. And I also find like coming from the physiotherapy background, that's what missing in terms of really helping people see progress is, you know, like the accountability and the support between sessions, which is, you know, kind of what, you know, I'm offering with my, you know, online desktop therapy mobility coaching. It allows me to you know, see people in person and online as well. So it's really awesome. You open the studio and that's you, you have that going. There's just so much more power and more ways we can affect people's lives. And we, you know, we try to put the best of the both worlds together. Yeah. Like, I think the biggest reason that people hire us is accountability, right? hundred percent. Yeah. Like, and then like the in-person conventional personal training model, the level of accountability that's offered is like an underpaid overworked trainer probably working in a big box facility or somewhere that's not their own location because like, let's be real. We all got to start somewhere. And like the level of support and the layer of accountability is like that trainer's making like $40,000 a year, maybe working 60 hours per week. They probably like are too like worn out to even answer support messages from their clients. They're not getting, they're not getting paid to answer those support messages and they're, and they're overworked. So the the layer of support and accountability that's being offered in that model is like, I'll see you two hours a week. And it's like, well, come on. Like people are hiring us because they've struggled and not Mm -hmm. been able to be successful on their own and they need accountability and support. And two hours just doesn't cut it, right? Definitely not. You really need, you know, some more more time for sure. Like I found too, like 
like even with with myself like when i had you know training partners or i had you know people i was i was training in person i'd always want to kind of you know check in with people but i found like like especially you know now with social media too and everything out there there's a lot of coaches but it's cool to see people in your case where you've had that experience with that back pain and you've had that experience you know working in person and now online so you can like you can help people maybe you know what we were going to talk about today really focusing on you know smarter exercise selection and i feel like you know all your experience and your backgrounds really kind of empowered you like i know you've had people with shoulder pain and you've you've just worked on a little bit of mobility you've chosen better exercise and i find that's all you know really cool and you know especially with the online we can you know we can assess those things and we can help people out in, in numerous ways because you know i found when i was training clients i could watch their form in person but you know when they were on their own i wasn't able to really kind of see what they were doing and if i wasn't doing online coaching i wasn't able to really give them support whereas now we can even you know do those things with our clients because we're not so overworked and we have this hybrid model we can actually you know deliver you know I, I tell people i'm like your fitness concierge in your pocket like i'm here for you know when you need me and you know on you know not on demand but i'm here when you need me and i'm pretty easy to access and i find like that's kind of where things are starting to shift but it's a it's a gradual kind of approach there's still some people who you know love the in-person space but it's cool to see you know things evolving in the fitness industry and i think you know in the next five to ten years from now you know, personal trainers will be, you know, will be up there as, you know, up there as, you know, one of the top professions. Yeah, well, I think you hit the nail on the head, man. Like, it's 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 a concierge. Like, what we do is a concierge service, right? And unfortunately, too, like, a lot of in-person trainers are kind of, like, handcuffed with the level of support that they can offer based on where they're working, and what that company allows for them to offer because I don't know, like liabilities or, 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 or whatever. Right. But um, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like literally that's in my package name is concierge as well. Right. Like I'm literally, I'm, I, I'm the driver and you're sitting in the back seat and you tell me where you want to go and I'm going to concierge you there. Right. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's a really good way we should, we can kind of advocate because people understand that language too. And especially when we're trying to talk to people about, you know, whether it be, you know, approaching our goals or reducing your pain or, you know, losing body fat, we can, we can use language that resonates with people better. And that'll, because as trainers, like communication is so important and accountability and it all goes together, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So you wanted to talk a little bit about like our, uh, like exercise selections in training. Right. Yeah, because I know when we did the, the Instagram live together, you talked a lot about how you use strength training by choosing the right exercises as a means to help people. You know, for example, you talked about improving shoulder head mobility and, you know, the proper form and technique and stuff like that. So I think it'd be cool if we could kind of expand on that for the listeners, talk about, you know, exercise selection and mobility and then kind of see where it goes. Yeah. So I know last time we talked a little bit about like the shoulder. Mm -hmm. um and i'll touch base on it like uh, uh briefly but like a lot of the data now is showing that like loading muscles and making them stronger in their end ranges is improving mobility that lasts because like like the personal training model there's this model of like stretch to move better but that model's kind of broken because you move better for the hour that you're actually training. And then you just got to like every day, you know what I mean? You're like, Oh, I'm doing 30 minutes of stretching today. Cause if I don't, I'm going to feel like garbage. Um, but if you can load your muscles in their weakened positions, especially in the lengthened positions, then what happens is the central nervous system stops blocking those positions, right? So um, the overhead position, as an example, there's lots of things that can contribute to that. Let's say triceps and lats. Well, if the triceps and lats are weak in the lengthened position and we never load them there and we statically stretch them, we get this quick relief and allows for us to get into that position 
But then later the central nervous system basically says, and obviously I'm simplifying things here, but the central nervous system thinks like, I am vulnerable in that position. I'm not strong in that position. So I'm vulnerable. So then it blocks going there. And it creates this like, I don't want to say artificial um, tension, but like unnecessary tension to try to be strong and stable. So if we can make selections that are loading those muscles in their lengthened positions and, and more than just lengthened positions, because people think, um, okay, I'm going to train the triceps stretch. That just means that I'm going to elevate my, that I'm just going to bend my elbow fully. There's more to it than that. Cause the, say the tricep attaches at the shoulder blade. So we have to think of where our scapula where its position is when we're, when we're training that lengthened position. But if we can get them to be fully lengthened and strengthen them when they're fully lengthened, then all of a sudden, like our body starts holding those positions, right? And then I think something that's really common is, is, is back pain. And I have a history of it. I mean, it's a billion dollar industry in North America alone. People are in a lot of back pain and, um, there's a lot of entry-level solutions out there, like the McGill method, that kind of get people so far, but then, like, they never get past that next level, right? Yeah, I know what you mean about that. Like, it's so much more than just, you know, a few core strengthening exercises. Like, I could tangent about back pain forever, and that's all important. But I feel like talking about end range of motion specifically, like, people aren't moving their spine at through full flexion, extension, you know, side bend, rotate. people aren't working that position. Just like I said, the nervous system doesn't like to go there, doesn't know how to dissipate and distribute the forces. And I find that's when a lot of people get injured is when they go to, you know, bend because they just, they never, you know, trained in a bend position. But, you know, I don't want to tangent about back pain for too long, but it's definitely end range of strength and end range training is, is definitely an important concept because, you know, I used to, coming from a yoga and gymnastics background, like I would, you know, stretch, like, you know, if I didn't stretch for 30 minutes before training, I wouldn't feel good and I couldn't get into any positions. And I found I was doing it every day. I'm like, why am I not getting better at the splits? Or why am I just kind of doing this and maintaining things? And then if I didn't stretch, like I felt, didn't feel right in my body. And it wasn't until I switched to, you know, active mobility work, isometric training and range stuff that I actually could, you know, and it's a, the term that's been kind of thrown out recently is my cold mobility has improved, like how my body naturally rests. And that's really where you want to be because, you know, it's okay to, to foam roll your lats to get a bit more range of motion, you know, and then, then go loaded in the gym. But if we're kind of just, you know, doing a lot of these passive things, then we're going to get passive results and that could be long term. And we really want our clients to, you know, and when we, to, to, you know, be more engaged in what they're doing as well, but also have, you know, sustainable results. Right. And so like coming down to exercise selection, right. And then also like minimizing the time, like we're all busy. So like, yeah, it's great to get on a foam roller and maybe that's an entry level thing and we need to get thoracic mobility. But like if, if we get on a foam roller and then we just go overhead press and never fix the last. So like, let's get on a foam roller and then like, let's lay on a bench and do like an overhead, an overhead lat pull through with load on the lengthened lat. And then like all of a sudden we don't need to foam roll every day. Maybe mm -hmm. we need to do some maintenance here and there because like, whatever, we're just like tight a couple of days. Um, and like, we're improving thoracic mobility when we take an, when we go into an overhead position, lying on a bench and do a lat pull through or set up a cable to go into like a lat pull through position. We improve our thoracic mobility just as well as if we were to go out on a foam roller and push it out back and forth. But like we're training now, do you know what I mean? Like I'm improving my thoracic mobility, but at the same time I'm strengthening my lats and something as simple as on a um, cable machine is like, okay, I'm going to strengthen my lats and improve my thoracic mobility by doing a lat pull through in a, in a hinged position. 
but like I have issues with my low back. So I'm just going to do a split stance where I stagger one foot. And now I'm doing a bird dog anti-rotation. I'm improving thoracic mobility like I would with a foam roller. I'm lengthening my lats under load. I'm firing my entire core. I'm strengthening, you know what I mean? Like, and that's what I mean with like the exercise selection is just like, how do we get creative in a sense of like, how do we fix a bunch of things with one thing, right? And something as simple as a lat pull through on a cable on a, with a split stance hinge accomplishes everything in one movement, you know? Yeah, and I feel like having something that addresses a lot of areas is really going to help people kind of, like you said, like save time. Because a lot of times when you think of people just kind of going to the gym, we're talking about entry-level stuff here, you kind of just get started. People will just, you know, they'll run or they'll do some squats or do some, you know, some cable stuff. But I feel they they or they think like they have to just stretch or just do mobility but if we can kind of combine them all together just like you know people focus on the gym compound exercises you know the squat you know deadlift bench shoulder press working multiple joints and i've kind of been using this term it's not scientific but kind of compound mobility exercises for example like as a way just to describe to my clients that it's going to help improve mobility and strength in a lot of areas such as you know the bird dog or a bird dog while you're doing a row like like that's also, you know, a compound exercise and it just, we really need to, you know, help people build these fundamentals. And I think it does come down to just, you know, choosing better exercises. Like fitness is so much further than it was, you know, 20 years ago when you know, it was all Arnold Schwarzenegger and bodybuilding. Like we know so much more now and there's so many other ways like we can use, you know, we can use bands and accommodating resistance to improve mobility. And it's cool that, you know, you're helping your clients, you know, maybe whether they're beginners or intermediate, you know, get into good shape, but you're, you're doing it with exercises that are going to be functional to everyday life. And I feel like that's, you know, super important. Yeah. And then I think like you mentioned bodybuilders and like, man, bodybuilders have been like using all these different angles and different ranges on the muscles for years. Right. Oh yeah. But like they they did it for growth, but like they were on to something and like they just didn't even know it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot of bodybuilders out there. Like there's a, like, there's a lot of like high level bodybuilders out there who move extremely well. Oh yeah. Because they're training their muscles in the end range positions because stretching the muscles under load is a huge benefit for growth. And they're just like inherently like move well because they've made those selections. So it's like they 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 were on to something. Um, and I don't know if they even really like knew it because a lot of the stuff that I do is like it's actually a lot of the correctional stuff that I do with exercise selection is actually variations of like bodybuilder exercises. But I just think like, okay, that's great. How do I fully lengthen the lat? How do I fully lengthen the quad in a Bulgarian split squat? Like, awesome. Let's work your glutes and let's work your hamstrings and let's work your quads. But you've got tight ankles. So how do I use this exercise to open up your ankle by trying to drive the knee forward in the Bulgarian split squat? And how do I open up your tight hip on the back leg by really emphasizing pushing that back knee back and down? and opening up the psoas and the rec femme and stuff like that. Right. So I know it's probably complicated for people to maybe envision it based on who, who your audience is. Um, But a lot of it is just like bodybuilder exercises and then going, okay, how can I improve end ranges by making these subtle modifications to these exercises? Yeah. And I think you really hit the nail on the head there. Cause you know, uh, you know, doing these exercises, just taking a step back, like, what can I do differently with this to address, you know, my weak points in my mobility? I think that's a good thing. And, you know, when you're planning your workout, it's, you know, every exercise in itself has, you know, has its benefits. But if we can look at, you know, getting more out of it, getting more out of our time, then we're really going to, you know, 
you know, feel better and get the results we're looking for. So instead of, you know, going to the gym, you know, four or five times a week and going through the motions, you know, this is your reminder to, you know, take a second, analyze actually what you're doing and why you're doing it and try to get, you know, squeeze as much, you know, as you can out of each exercise. Yeah. And, and like, there's other, the other thing that I think a lot of people aren't kind of considering, like I've been fortunate enough that like, I didn't make any of this stuff up. I've taken certifications and over the years, I've taken everything I've learned and I've kind of created my own method of how I do things. Um, but a big thing that people are missing when it comes to improving mobility is like, like tendon strength and like tendon um, stability. So like ankles are an extremely stubborn thing for people. Oh yeah. Right. Well, stop training calves and start thinking about how do I train the ankle to move better? And, and, and maybe the reason your ankle is so stiff is because it's, it's the tendons are weak. So something as simple as doing like a lot of like bilateral single leg loading with like eversion inversion challenge, right? So that like inward outward balance on the foot, just so people can understand what I'm saying. And then all of a sudden your ankle just opens up because you strengthened like the tendons too, right? So, yeah. so something as simple, I had a client for years, like just couldn't get the ankles to move, man. Like just couldn't get them to move. And like I fix people's ankles and I literally was banging my head up against the wall. And then I just did something as simple as like, I want you to drop down into a squat supported in a rack at, at a rack where you hold onto a rack every single day in your warm up. <clears throat> drop down into a squat, elevate up onto your toes, and then come down and sink down into your heels with control. And you literally watch their ankle just like tweak out as you as they're doing it and shake. And it's like, oh, look, we're active, like we're signaling the central nervous system here, clearly, because it's tweaking out. And then like two weeks later, they come up to me and they're like, look at this. And they drop down into a squat with their heels on the ground. Because we, we trained the position we're trying to improve, but then also looked at moving it, moving the joint into the end range position that we want. But then also like challenging stability at the same time, right? Yeah, I really like that. It's a good way we can, you know, that you're also always assessing your clients and looking at ways we can, you know, strengthen the tendon and improve the positions we're, we're going to, you know, load them in. But also, you know, that is a good example for the listeners to see, like, it's not that hard to kind of change things up. Like, you can try a few of these exercises we're talking out about or even just, you know, you know, just try to stop what you're doing. If you were, you know, always training your calves or, you know, like we said earlier, always, you know, you know, rolling your last, like just trying something new and seeing how much benefit you can gain is actually pretty awesome. And I like how, you know, cause there's different fields and I know you mentioned you have different certifications, but at the end of the day, like getting people the results is what important. There's some schools of mobility that don't like each other's, but really like, it doesn't matter what system you're doing. Like I've taken, you know, a few courses and I have a few different ones, but I don't really like advertise that I'm a specific practitioner or believer for one system, but I'm just trying to, you know, again, just put everything together like that. I know, and, you know, make it, make it my own, because at the end of the day, you know, there shouldn't, we shouldn't be focusing so much on, you know, what system is actually getting people, you know, more mobile and getting them to, you know, move better when they're training and focusing more on just, like you said, you know, like, actually trying to address the root cause for a lot of these issues and, and build strength in these positions. Cause I think strength is like, so underlooked, like you'll have one side where the let's do more passive stretching and then we'll just go and work out and hope we, we strengthen that range of motion. Then you'll get the other side. Like all you got to do is, you know, end range isometric stuff. You don't need to be doing, you know, gym related stuff. Whereas, you know, if we both meet, it seems like we're both kind of meeting in the middle here. And I, and I agree, like, why can't we do the, you know, the bodybuilding and the mobility you know, in the fitness in the, in the middle there. Yeah. Well, they're all tools that we yeah. have available to use. And then like, how do we prioritize what tools we want to use for the individual 
based on what that individual wants to have happen, right? Yeah. So as an example, and because we're talking about exercise selection, it's like, I've got a client whose main goal is to lose body fat. Our main focus is going to be compound lifts. But I'm going to sprinkle in some of that extra stuff towards the end of the workouts when their energy levels are down because their compound lifts have exhausted them a little bit and still have them moving. Whereas if I have somebody in person who wants to just like improve mobility, well then like we're gonna focus more on some of these positions that I've been talking about in the call, right? But I think you kind of hit the nail on the head is just like in, the, in our industry, man, it's like, there's so many people who are like, this is the way, you know what I mean? They're like, yes. this is the way, this is the only way. And it's like, no man. There's so many ways and all the ways are great. And how do you use them to get the best results for the person that you're working with is how there should be looking at it. But I think, I think there's too many people who get like attached and they almost have this, like, I don't know, sense of identity assigned to a specific training method or concept. And then like, they just like hold on to it so hard and anything else means that like there's something wrong with their identity and it's wrong you know what I mean and it's like no let's be open-minded and like let's use all the tools and just realize like they're all great for a specific purpose you know what I mean yeah exactly and if you can you know help that client out you know when they're tired for the compound lifts and find a way we can you know focus more and range strength and mobility towards the end of the workout that's gonna you know save them time and energy from having to, you know, do a mobility routine on a separate day or do more during the warm up. But if we can, you know, already get it going when the body's warm, the blood's pumping, the joints are, you know, a little bit, you know, moving a bit better, then we can really, you know, we can really help help us help in the specific case, we can really, you know, kill two birds with one stone there. And I really like that because you don't need to really be, you know, pro fitness, pro bodybuilding, pro mobility, if you can, we, we really just want to, you know, to we really just want to you know just to move well at the end of the day it's just about helping people move well and you know but i think we also a big thing that's missing and a lot of people don't understand when why we're we're, we're trying to connect exercise selection with mobility is you can't really you know without strength you're not going to get there a lot of people think you can just stretch your way out of pain and stretch your way you know mobility does require work and i say all the time like flexibility work is completely different than mobility work it does have its time and place and we'll do it as a lot of, you know, entry level, just kind of, you know, give people some stretches just to kind of start, start learning how to move their body. But strength is really the key that I find people have missing. Like when I'm working with people too, and I'm doing online mobility assessments, I, I, I can see like that strength and motor patterning and motor control is also a reason why the body isn't letting us get into these positions. Yeah. Well, you brought up stretching, man. Like when I, when I blew up my back, I seen a physiotherapist and like literally all he had me do to fix my back was stretching. And that was great. It lasted two hours. So I got relief where I didn't walk with a limp for two hours after stretching and then everything just seized up again. Right. Um, so you just kind of hit the nail on the head. It's just like, well, no, like there's more to it than stretching. Like, because if there was like, that would have fixed my back. Right. But with my back, as an example, like I had the stretching. Then I started doing like core exercises that were like really entry level, like McGill stuff, like anti-rotation, anti-flexion, anti-extension, anti-lateral hip shift. But then I'm like really strong, like I deadlift 460 pounds. So at some point in time, I got to understand that like a side plank and a bird dog aren't going to challenge my imbalances when I can deadlift 460 pounds. So then from there, because I think it's important to understand that there should be a progression to things. So from there, like I got rid of my stretches and I just started loading and my warmups were single leg, single leg RDLs with hip airplanes. And you know what I mean? Like, and then now my anti-lateral hip shift became 
a very uh, unstable Bulgarian split squat. And it progressed through the point and it's like, man, my back is, feels amazing. But the, the answer wasn't stretching and the answer wasn't the McGill method. They were part of the answer, but you got to look at how do you progress through things. And like, I think the big thing is just like, think critically, like think, challenge your thought process and be like, okay, that worked. It's not working anymore. As in a sense, it's not making me better. What do I need to do next? Yeah. And I think I like how you bring up progression. Cause it's really about, you know, one meeting the individual where you're at in your case, like those things aren't going to work for you. Like you've already built enough of a foundation of strength and mobility when you had your back pain that we really need to bridge the gap from rehab, you know, to performance. And, you know, I find that's where, you know, a lot of the guys I see, you know, or, you know, my you know, even personal experience when I was, you know, powerlifting and I hurt, you know, my knee was, I was just, you know, these little banded knee things. And when I would go and get under a heavy bar, I would still be in pain. And it wasn't until I, you know, looked at my own body and I figured out, yo, it's because my ankle mobility was shit. That's why I was getting patella tendinitis every time I got, you know, over, over two plates on the bar and I had to work on that, had to work on my hips, but, you know, even us going through these own trials and challenges ourselves has taught us so much and empowered us to, you know, to help our clients. So I find every injury I've had, <laughs> name a ton of them, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for at the same time for all it's taught me about. Like, I, like, I'm pretty sure when I was first started working out, if I didn't get injured, I don't know if I would have been a mobility coach today or, you know, or going to be a physiotherapist soon. Like, so as there's a lot of, like, lot to take out of these experiences, but yeah, I agree. So what are like some of the things that, you know, helped you make that shift? You realize the stretching was giving you two hours of relief. Like, like you started with like the hip hair planes and the single leg deadlifts. Did you have like a little bit of like a trial and error thing there? Or did you like assess yourself or what were some of like the key things you did to really kind of, you know, progress that? I, I just kind of looked at like, I looked at what I was doing that was working and then looked at like, what are the concepts of these exercises? Right. So back pain again, like your anti movements, right. Okay. And then I went, okay, well, how do I challenge that in a hip hinge? And maybe it didn't start with a single leg exercise. I just staggered my feet a little bit and I did that for a few weeks. Right. And then all of a sudden I, lengthen the stance and then all of a sudden i loaded it with two dumbbells and then all of a sudden i loaded it with one dumbbell on one side and then do you know what i mean so it's hard for me to give like a really clear-cut answer because yeah, it literally sure. just came down to um a progression it's just okay what's the next progression on this on this concept of anti-movement of the spine and the hips for back rehab what's my next entry level position like honestly it could be something as simple as a reverse lunge mm -hmm. which can now all of a sudden go to like i mean i do this thing in my warm-up now where i do like a bulgarian split squat loaded on one side with a really heavy weight i stand up I elevate my knee and I keep my hips square. Then I kick my leg back and I go into a single leg RDL. And then I do like a hip airplane. And then I repeat. Um, and so even something as simple as like, I did all those things. And I did all those things as their own exercises in rehab at one point. And then all of a sudden I didn't progress anymore. And I was just like, all right take them and put them all together as one crazy movement. And, and now you're like challenging everything for a long period of time. Right. So it's just, it, it, it's the same as training, man. It was, it was just progressive overload, but progressive overload through more than weight, right? Like time, time to create stability demand. Um, stability in a sense of like, um how do you load it through weight and then also maybe even something as simple as like distance of the exercise being like 
I started with a reverse lunge and now I'm on a Bulgarian split squat with my rear heel extremely elevated, which extremely lengthens out my quad kind of thing. I know it probably wasn't an answer that helps, but it's just, it's so complex in the way I look at no, it. No, no, it's, 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 uh, that was actually super helpful. It kind of helps paint a picture for me as well as the listeners kind of just like, like some of your thought process of like how you, you know, you slowly progress and adapt things. And I think that's really good because, you know, and I think my biggest takeaway was that you can progress more than just, you know, increasing the load of an exercise, like increasing the range of motion, you know, the tempo is going to be huge, especially for building strength of those tendons. And these are all different ways, you know, that you can, you know, really level up the exercises. But I like the idea of adding a hip plane airplane. Cause one thing I do a lot is, you know, I would do a reverse lunge, come up into a single leg deadlift and then come back down into that RDL, but I haven't done the airplane. So that's a pretty cool one. And I think if we can really like start to challenge the way people think about exercises, because I, I think like the biggest take home of the whole episode today is right, is just trying to, you know, make your training more functional, more related to your specific imbalances or deficits or where you have your issues, as opposed to just stopping completely what you're doing, or, you know, not going to the gym because you have shoulder pain or not going to the gym because you have back pain, instead of finding exercises that meet you where you're at, challenge your weaknesses, instead of, you know, doing what hurts you before, but just, you know, just not giving up and trying to, you know, see what your body likes to do, because your body will tell you which, you'll, you'll be able to feel, you know, what's appropriate for you, um, just by kind of, you know, you just changing the range of motion. Like one, one I like to do with people is um, the reverse lunge with the front foot forward instead of the one backwards too. So we can kind of get more hip extension on the back leg. I like those a lot, but it also too is just like having the background in training and, you know, mobility. Um, so like it's, when I started as a trainer, I wish I knew all this. Like I started when I was 18 training clients and I wish I knew all this so long ago, but it's cool to have, that we can, I'm we're start. I'm. I'm. We're both. You. You know. Putting everything together and into more so the workouts for our clients, as opposed to you know, you know when we not knowing having that knowledge, it really allows us to. I don't want to say get more out of it, but just to you know help people become more functional. Well, you know, man, it's funny that you said that because, like, to be honest with you, it's like we learned it for the fact that like you and I have been training for, I don't know, decades. Yeah. Right. So like, that's the thing. Like when our clients hire us, they're fast tracking their knowledge base. And like when they hire me, they're like, okay, so you've been training since you're 13 and you're closer to 40 than you are 30. And I have a barrier that I need to overcome. How do I overcome it? Well, I learned it through the trial and error, like you did as well. You know what I mean? And I just go do this. And that's a big part of what, you know, people get when they hire us is it's just like, we've been there, done that. We made the mistake and made the wrong choice probably. And then figured out the right choice, which took longer than, you know, maybe like we wanted it to. But now when our clients ask us, we're just like, yeah, do this. Right. No, and it's, I've been listening to a lot of like personal development podcasts and they talk a lot about, you know, you read a book, you get 10 years of someone's knowledge and, you know, you work with a trainer, man, you get like decades of someone's knowledge. It's, it's, it's pretty like people don't understand that they think that, you know, investing in a fitness coach or a, a personal trainer is, you know, they can find the workouts online and, you know, they can figure it on their own. But really what you're getting is, you know, you're, you're getting that accountability, you're getting that ease of mind, knowing that, you know, your system is going to work, you're getting, you know, our years of experience, trials and errors, you're getting uh, all our hundred thousands of hours in the gym. And you're getting that that knowledge implemented for you, you don't need to worry about is this going to get me the results, you know, I'm looking for, or, you know, am I going to actually be out of pain from downloading this four week back pain program? Um, maybe not. That's why, like, I even myself, like, I'm sure you've worked with coaches before, too. Like, I've worked, you know, I'm a mobility coach. I've worked with other coaches, always trying to, you know, to to learn another thing that I can help people out with and gain more knowledge. Because at the end of at the end of the day, like, I want to, you know, keep helping people for, for the rest of my life. And it's, but it's true. So, you know, whether I go and my next step is to, you know, to, to read another book and gain 10 more years of knowledge or to take another course. It's, it's cool how we can 
do what we enjoy is fun and also use it to, to help people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then like, it's fine. Cause you say that, but like the cool thing is, is like for me as an example, I've had four mentors, four coaches. So like I've had all my experience and then I bought decades of experience from my mentors. And then I bought like decades of experience from certifications I've taken. You know what I mean? And same with you. And then even things like you and I just having this conversation today is like, there's things that like we've learned from chatting with each other. And when our clients hire us, it's like, they literally just get all of that. You know what I mean? Like they get it all. They get, they get my four mentors. They get my dozens of certifications. They get all the conversations. They get all that stuff just at the palm of their hand. You know what I mean? Um, and the same with us, like in, even just like in like business and stuff, right. It's like, same idea. You hire a mentor because like they know more than you and it's just creates speed of process. You're just like, what do I do? I'm confused. And they know, but, um, I do got to finish up here, brother, because I got to fly and actually go meet a client. Yeah. That sounds love to do good. this again with you. Yeah. It was really great chatting with you. You can just tell the listeners a little bit about, you know, where they can find you, where they can, you know, if they're if we're about, you know, in person, online, how they can uh, reach out to you, maybe listen to your podcast as well. Yeah. So podcast is just kind of getting started. Um, so I'm going to actually have you send me this so I can use it later. Um, I've recorded a couple, but I just haven't launched it yet. So it's upcoming, but I, I won't obviously provide the name because it's not live yet. Uh, but the biggest thing really, um, for me is my Instagram, which is at Tom, the trainer fitness. Uh, there's going to be a big focus actually soon where I'm shifting some of the content. I'm going to continue my infographics because they, uh, are very like quick consumable, uh, resources of information. Uh, but I'm going to provide some more long form content on there. And some of it's going to include like smarter exercise selections. I had I had been doing some up until recently, but had to shift my focus to something else uh, briefly. But that's the best place to find me is just at Tom at Tom the Trainer Fitness on Instagram right now, or I'm Tom Trainer on Facebook. Awesome, man! It was really great to chat with you again, and uh, really appreciated you having the show. Definitely would love to have you back sometime. And guys, just remember, just take it one day at a time. Do your best, and uh, forget the rest. Really. Thanks again, man. Great to have you. Thanks so much for listening. If you found today's episode valuable, please give me a five-star review and share it on your social media so I can have an even bigger impact. And if you want more information on how I can help you lose 15 to 52 pounds of body fat in 12 weeks, send me a message that says coaching to my Instagram at TomTheTrainerFitness.